Jessica and I are here at the American Humanist Association Conference, and we are here with Margaret Downey, and I'm going to give her a chance to introduce herself because she does so many different things. Hi. I just um, will tell you that I am very proudly serving on the board for the Reason Rally Coalition, but I'm also the founder and president of the Free Thought Society. So what are you doing with the Reason Rally? Like, what are the... Uh, we've talked about it before on the podcast, so we kind of know who the big speakers are and all that. Uh, tell us a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes. Oh, there's so much going on behind the scenes, but we are so grateful to have Liz Liddell as the executive director, and she has pulled it all together. Uh, the leaders from all the national groups got together, and, and we've been working in harmony, and the goal is for unification and to reach out to as many people as possible to talk about our secular values, our mission, our goals, and uh, to come out and, and be proud and loud. And uh, we're so happy that we're going to be in Washington, D.C. to show legislators that we are a big community. We are no longer a minority. We have a major voice in politics, and we vote. Uh, so there was another reason rally in 2012 was the first one, right? So what are the goals of this one versus that one, or how is it going to differ from what it was in 2012? Well, this one's going to be a lot bigger, <laughs> and uh, we've combined it with um, legislative days prior to the reason rally, and we're hoping people will come out and visit their legislators during advocacy days. Um, also, we're planning uh, events such as a comedy show and a, a VIP dinner on Friday night, and then the Reason Rally is free and open to the public, but there's also a mini-conference on Sunday, and it's going to be really exciting, kicking off with a Sunday assembly and going through the day with some interesting panels, and uh, some of the stars are staying on. So one of the big differences between the coming Reason Rally and the one from four years ago, four years ago, you got a lot of atheist-heavy people, uh, people known in the community as atheists. This time, you uh, managed to get a lot of celebrities who may not be as well known for their atheism. What was the one? What was the reason for that? Because uh, I think some of the names on there, like Johnny Depp was on the list, he had to cancel. Uh, but even people like Margaret Cho, some of the other comedians, I don't, I don't think of them as atheists first and foremost. Right. At the same time, it's like, oh, cool, you got some really interesting people. How did you get some of these names? And what's the, why get them? What is the draw? Yes, we want people to be our allies in um, a secular government. What we want are people that are even religious saying, you know, we believe in separation of religion and government. We want that. Um, Non-theists are uh, advocating for that constantly. And our allies are jumping on the bandwagon and saying, even though we're religious or spiritual or, you know, um, haven't found our philosophical home, mm -hmm. we're looking, we want to help, and we also have the same values as you, keeping government away from religion and religion away from government. Can you tell us what sort of fundraising issues there are with some event this big? Like, how much does it take to put on an event of this size? Now, can you imagine renting jumbo screens, <laughs> a huge stage, tents, permits, 
porta potties. Can you imagine the costs involved with that? And you want to make it free and open to the public because you want to attract those people who've been surveyed for the since 2012, um, and they've been asked, "Are you affiliated with a religion?" And the numbers have increased so much doubled, tripled, and so that's who we want to attract. We don't want to charge anything for this because we want people to know we're here and to enjoy the community atmosphere, to meet people, to socialize, to exchange ideas, and then that number is going to grow and grow and grow and grow. Yeah, that was definitely my experience with the uh, the 2012 one. My, my now husband, then boyfriend, and I drove overnight from Chicago to DC, got there at 6 a.m., parked our car, and just walked right in. And it was my, it was before I was with Friendly Atheist at all. It was actually where Hammond and I met for the first time. Um, and I just remember just being like overwhelmed by like, oh my goodness, like I was on the train and it was just people wearing like Good Without God shirts. And it was, the community was outstanding. It was so much fun. It was a really meaningful experience. I actually am not gonna be able to make it this year and I'm so oh, devastated no. about it. <laughs> I know, but. But it is. It's a, it's a neat experience, for, especially if you're someone who hasn't been surrounded by atheists before. Yeah. You don't have to censor yourself. You can just, oh, I can wear my atheist shirt. No one's going to care. Mm. I can talk about God and no one's going to look at me weird. Yeah. Well, the community certainly has grown. And what was so satisfying to me was uh, a couple of years ago, I went to my first Sunday assembly and I looked around and I didn't recognize anybody. <laughs> and I thought, this is great. I've been an activist for 30 years and I practically knew everyone in the community. And I looked around the room and I didn't know anybody, which gave me great hope for the future. Uh, I want to go back to a question. How did you get some of these bigger names? Even even uh, though we mentioned Johnny Depp, he can't come. But how do you get someone like that? Well, the board um, is comprised of people who are in national groups. And we are all one degree or less uh, connected to celebrities because we've hosted them as speakers or we know about them or, you know, um, I have connections in Hollywood that I can tap into. Um, but other people have great contacts. Um, Robin, uh, who works for the Richard Dawkins Foundation, she has great um, influence in getting people. Uh, it's amazing how many people you can think of and you're, you, you, when you start thinking about your friends and your connections, you're, you're maybe one step away yeah. from connecting with them. How will you know after the Reason Rally is done? How will you know if it's been a success or not? Is it just how many people show up? Is it something else? Well, it can be gauged in several ways. First of all, looking out to the crowd. Uh, hopefully, we'll get that fifty to sixty thousand dollar—I mean, sixty thousand people uh, number. Uh, gosh, I wish everybody would donate a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pay help. for the porta potties. <laughs> Yeah, that'd pay for the porta potties, but um, yeah, we, we're you know looking out at the crowd. But then also, in a year or so, let's see what the surveys say. Uh, yeah. Have we reached people with our message? Have we stopped legislation from going through that prevents women's rights or sex education? Have we been able to rally the troops to do things on local, state, and federal levels? That's the true test. What do you sorry? What do you say are the biggest legislative issues right now? There's going to be a lobbying day before the Reason Rally, but what are the big issues 
that people are trying to push? What counts constitutes reason mm -hmm. at a legislative level? Well, certainly uh, a woman's right to choose is under fire, but we also advocate in the secular community that sex education will prevent a lot of unwanted pregnancies. So, you know, we want to see uh, uh, people stopped from uh, giving information to to the public. Uh, and that seems to be the mantra of the religious right community. Mm -hmm. They want people to stay um, subservient to what their dictates are and not get the needed information to make their own choices. Uh, also, death with dignity is going to be a huge issue. Uh, we're also doing little things like uh, stopping in God We Trust, uh, being posted at public schools, and we want to be included in uh, holiday displays. And there's so many little things that people can do locally. But on the broader level, uh, of course, we want um, a Supreme Court judge <laughs> that is not going to um, maybe be another Catholic with... Well, we kind of want a Supreme Court judge, period, right uh, now. With That's a conservative the, viewpoint. The well. yeah. uh, so, yes, we, we're hoping that um, things will change for the better. So are, is the plan now, now there's going to have been two, is the plan now to continue to do them every few years, re these reasonalities, or do you think this is... Well, it's it, very and expensive, yeah. and I'm, I'm judging from um, the, the type of effort it takes mm -hmm. that it's really a four-year project. Mm -hmm. It was four years between the two, and that's probably a good goal good. every four years. Yeah, I'm trying to think about what a reason rally in another four years would look like because four years ago, I didn't think we were going to do another one after that. Mm -hmm. And then I see who you guys got this time around and the expectations. It's like, wow, that's way bigger than four years ago. And I thought that was big. Yeah. So that's a, it's a nice thing. At the same time, I know like pro-life groups, uh, Glenn Beck, whatever, they can draw these huge crowds of hundreds of thousands of people every year, it well, seems. Well, sometimes it's a comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> With Glenn Beck. It is. <clears throat> but they managed to rally their base mm -hmm. and they can draw tens, hundreds of thousands of people mm -hmm. to DC for these types of events. And then, you know, one of the things I remember from the last Reason Rally, the estimates were like twenty to 30,000 people. And that's what? It was probably the biggest single gathering of atheists ever. At yes. the same time, I think there are a couple megachurches in this country that pull in that many on any given weekend. Mm -hmm. So we well, have we a long feed, way to go. We don't feed people pablum. Right. <laughs> we feed them the truth and reason and critical thinking skills. And, and so, you know, sometimes um, it's not an attractive thing. They, they, a lot of uh, the, the masses want to hear easy answers and, and not have to work or think so hard. <laughs> but, you know, the secular community knows it takes a lot of work. It takes intelligent investigation to solve human problems. You can't just get on your knees and pray for a, a, a solution. So, you know, I, I really uh, am so proud to be a part of a community that takes action, that looks at problem solving in a rational way. You, you mentioned that you were, you've been a lifelong activist. You've been doing this uh, secular activism for like three decades. What sort of things are you most proud of over that time? 
Well, I think I'm most proud to have been a plaintiff in two um, legal actions. One was to sue the Boy Scouts of America. And um, at the time I sued them, they were a, pro a public organization. And they were conducting uh, recruitment in public schools. And they were getting public money. And you know, it was um, very obvious that their discrimination policy was illegal because if they're a public organization, they shouldn't be discriminating against gays and, and atheists. So that was my first legal action. Of course, nine years after I started that, they determined to claim that they were a private organization and therefore could discriminate against whomever they choose. And they have since uh, have now accepted uh, the gay community within the ranks of volunteers and employers and, and scouts, um, but they still discriminate against the non-theist community, and we're very upset about that. It's like we're the very last taboo, and uh, I'm still working on that. Then the second thing I'm proud of is the federal lawsuit I had to remove a Ten Commandments plaque off the facade of a courthouse. And that was an ordeal that was uh, quite scary because the entire community was in an uproar when we won the first round and had the plaque covered. Mm -hmm. uh, in the appeals level, the commissioners appealed that decision. In the appeals level, we lost. And the reason we lost was because the plaque was 80 years old. <laughs> so history trumped the Constitution and the value of separation of religion and government. And so the plaque remains there today, uh, unfortunately. But it was, you know, it was something I was very proud to have at least tried to do. One of the things about the, even those losing lawsuits is that, you know, as far as they get, I think more people become aware of the issue. I mean, how many people would be talking about under God and the pledge if Michael Newdow hadn't gone all the way to the Supreme Court, even though he didn't win? Mm -hmm. So and, yeah. it raises consciousness, for and, sure. Yeah, and, and it... You know, if I can be a plaintiff, anybody can. <laughs> so, so I want to stand uh, proudly to say that if you are indeed experiencing any type of violation, you should step forward. And yes, it's going to be hard, but you're going to join a community of like-minded people who'll help you, who'll network with you, who'll give you support. And it's something you can look back on and be very proud to have done, is to become a plaintiff in such a a, a lawsuit. I think it would be um, a great thing for, for anybody to do. Let me ask you a, a question that when it comes to things like the Reason Rally, I know the types of speakers we're going to get. I know, I, I would imagine most of the people there are probably going to be Democrats, uh, but there is these, there are these small factions of atheists who are out there who may say, you know, I am a reasonable person and that's why I'm voting for Donald Trump. I'm a reasonable person, and that's why I'm pro-life. I'm reasonable, and I'm again, I'm for the death penalty. Whatever it is, how do you how do you reconcile as an activist, as someone who's been part of this community for a while? What do you say to those people? Are they, I mean, if they have their reasons for doing whatever it is they do, secular reasons for all this stuff, is it fair to just say no? You're not reasonable because because whatever the reason is. 
well, frankly, I've never met someone like that. <laughs> so I, I would have to speculate on what I would say after my jaw was lifted from the floor. Yeah. <laughs> we, we actually did this on, our, on the website where I asked people, okay, if you're voting for, I think at the time Cruz was still in the race, Kasich was still in the race, if you're voting for any of those candidates, why? Just tell me why, because I don't get it. And they had reasons. None of them were good. But they had their reasons for why they did it. And it just stunned me that I got a lot of emails from people. Well, but this and is anonymous, right? Not you, all of them. No, no, no. Some of I kept them anonymous. But, but no, but, it wasn't a face-to-face. Right. No? Right. So, no. you know, it's different, you know... Uh, when you think a, it would be different if oh, we yes. were saying it face yes. to face? Yes, if someone said they were voting for Trump, they would see the most incredible <laughs> facial expression <laughs> and would walk away. <laughs> I mean, we interviewed um, a secular pro-choice woman pro-life. who ran... Pro-life. Yeah. Yep, oh, pro-life. I think that? I know her. Probably. Yes, she our... sets up a table every once in a while at yeah. humanist conferences and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know her. Um, and, and I'm friendly with her. And I, I talk to her. But, but here's the question. So when it comes to who you put on stage, uh, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. When it comes to who you put on stage for the Reason Rally or something like that, how do you distinguish between, you know, to me, being a reasonable person and being a feminist in this sense? Yeah, you would be pro-choice. Why wouldn't you be pro-choice? But there are, there are those small factions that disagree. So who gets to make these calls? Well, there's no litmus test, okay? You're not going to get vetted, but you are going to um, be looked at as far as what you have achieved, how you've earned your place on the stage. Um, There are some politicians coming that are spiritual. Uh, We have a Buddhist politician coming. And there's no test that we've given her in regards to is she pro-life or is she... You know, what we're trying to do is um, look at people who are worthy of encouraging us, um, being our allies, saying words of support, Mm -hmm. and advocating separation of religion and government. Well, I definitely think that's a a huge misunderstanding that we see, is that, you know, obviously separation of church and state helps those of us who don't belong to a church, but it strengthens everybody. Right, like it's it's not necessarily about like promoting atheism. It's about saying, if you want Christianity to be the law of the land, it, there are repercussions to that. Just the way like if we enforce Muslim laws, there would be repercussions for that. And I think that's a hard thing for for people to understand, especially when they're in the place of privilege. If they're Christians and all their entire life their way is kind of gone, and now we're saying it's better for you if we're secular in our government. Uh, not to just to switch gears for a second, is the board aware that there was a move by like Ray Comfort and other Christians to proselytize to atheists at the Reason Rally? Actually, really? Ray and it just changed. He got a permit, didn't he, to rally just down the way from he, us? He was going to have a thousand people plus there, um. and that would have required a permit. But that then they couldn't go into the crowd and work their magic. So he said, me and my crew of a couple, like a dozen people, will go as individuals, but they're not going to hold it. But the, the reason I'm asking that, when you heard that, okay, there's a huge group of Christians that see all these atheists coming to D.C., and this is, their, this is like candy for them. They love this. 
What but, do you do about that? Well, I Anything? am I am anxious really to to meet some of these people who would want to actually stand face to face and understand us. Mm-hmm. Uh, better as a community and people that I I think they don't see us as you know really emotionally tied people to reason they they think we're all you know nuts and and anti-christian yeah and and so I think the um, ability to touch their hearts and their minds is is an opportunity that I'm looking forward to I hope that someone will stop by my table and ask about what's on display and, mm-hmm. and what we advocate so that they can see that we're not just um, bashing religion. We're out there doing things. We have community service. We have projects. We have outreach. We have a community. And they might end up loving us, not hating us. <laughs> what do you hope people who attend the Reason Rally, what do you hope they get out of it? Well, I want them to go home enthusiastic about joining, about being a part of a community, about starting a community, about looking at legal actions, uh, knowing that they can outreach anytime, anywhere. And I'm hoping that all of our cards will be taken and, and everybody will be connected. And that really, that, that the main focus is that we must be strong. We must push back. We must advocate for separation of religion and government in order to keep all of our freedoms alive. So we're recording this seven days before uh, the Reason Rally. We're, we should be able to get it up before. What, uh, what do people need to know? If they're planning on coming, if they're considering coming, what would you like to tell everybody? Well, I want to invite everyone to come by the Free Thought Society table. And we're going to have something really exciting um, available at our table. We got two tables, actually, because we have so much to show. Um, our Thomas Paine Committee spent a lot of money getting an actor out to portray Thomas Paine. (laughs) (laughs) So he's a professional actor who actually has a PBS show coming out about Thomas Paine. And so he'll be there available for pictures. We have a sculptor who's planning to do a piece on Thomas Paine. He'll be there to meet people and show his work. And a singer who's producing Thomas Paine songs. And he's going to be singing to people upon request. And not only will they be at this table, we're going to rotate around. They're going to be at the donations table for a while. They're going to be at the Free Thought Society table for a while. But we also brought a Thomas Paine lawn game. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is mostly for for families. It's going to be set up in front of the family tent. But it's a beautiful cornhole game. Oh, and the actor is going to be there, and the singer, and you know, on a rotating basis. Uh-huh. But we're trying to get people to just have fun with the Free Thought Society. I think I know the answer to this, but who is Thomas Paine? Oh, come on. No, no, no. I know he's like the common sense dude. Yeah, but, well, but... He's, he's a great founding father and, and great patriot. Not only did he write common sense, but every free thinker should have read The Age of Reason. Because it will open your eyes. Every Christian should read The Age of Reason. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Margaret. And uh, we'll post all the notes and stuff on the show notes. Well, thank awesome. you so much. It was an honor to be in your presence. <laughs> <laughs> all ours. Thank you.